The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Just a couple of uh, quick reminders. If you look at the pink uh, bulletin you received when you walk in this morning, on the inside talks about baptism. Uh, we do baptism the old-fashioned way. We go out to the creek and baptize. It's a great event in our calendar year. We'd love for you to be a part of it. If you've not been baptized since you've come to faith in Christ, since you've placed your faith in Jesus, we would encourage you to participate as a display and a testimony of your faith in the Savior. Maybe you were baptized when you were infants. That was a display of your parents' faith. This is an opportunity for you to declare your faith. Or maybe uh, you've not been baptized since you came to know Christ. It's a great opportunity for you to participate. On the back of that thing is a tear-off. It's an opportunity for you to participate in impact. Let me remind you what impact is. Instead of doing vacation Bible school here at TBC where the community comes to us, we desire for us to go out into the community. It's an opportunity for your home to be a lighthouse year-round for the Savior. So you provide your backyard. You invite the kids in your neighborhood in. We have youth that are well-trained. They'll come to your backyard, and they will put together a club for you and the kiddos who are there as part of that. So uh, there's a tear-off there. You can fill it out and place it in the boxes out there. Also, we have opportunities uh, for we need about 50 drivers. We need about 100 folks to bring food up through the course of the day when our youth are involved in that. So it's a great opportunity for us as a body. Last year, we impacted over 1,000 kids by sharing the gospel with them in various settings. Mother's Day, it's a great time of year. If you have your Bibles, would you open them to Proverbs 31? Have your apps, would you turn them on to Proverbs 31 as we look at God's Word together? Proverbs 31 will begin in verse 10. Proverbs 31:10. An excellent wife who can find. Her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And if you drop down to verse 25, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom. The teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also. And he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Father, we thank you for these words from Proverbs. We thank you for this tribute to the godly woman, the godly wife, the godly mama. And I pray this morning that the ladies here at TBC who know you would indeed walk away encouraged and challenged both. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. As a man, I stand in awe of you as women. As a husband, I stand in awe of wives. And as a dad, I stand in awe of mamas. It seems like when the world of husbands and kids are falling apart, it's mamas who often come to the rescue. Uh, from magically kissing away cuts and scrapes to keeping the father of the bride composed on the wedding day, you moms seem to rise to the occasion. It seems like you can see things differently than we do. Uh, you, you see through a lens that we as men do not have. And uh, I've got good news for us as men today. We're going to sell in the lobby a set of goggles that are going to help you see the world just like your wife does. <laughs> Ladies, how many of you want your husbands to buy that out there? Yeah. I mean, they're going to be able to see life the way that you do. Actually, there's a great video that I'm going to show you right now, and it's a reminder 
It's a reminder to us of the way that women see the world and how we as men might change as well. Let's show that. Are you guys sure you got this? Yeah. The twins are plugged in. Baby's asleep. How hard can this get? We're men. Besides, I bumped into Chuck Norris at a Pizza Hut once. I think his powers rubbed off on me. Get out of here. Go on, enjoy your mommy getaway weekend. Oh, this weekend was a bad idea. Remember what happened last time we watched the kids? I'm not a pinata. Yeah, we're gonna need help. of this product may alter your perception of reality. All right, everything looks the same. This is a joke. Guys. 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 It's like the Sahara in this cup. Can somebody hit me with some juice? <sighs> And listen, pulp, no pulp, doesn't make a difference to me. You're the ones dealing with the diaper. Mom goggles. <sighs> It's beautiful. <laughs> I need you to sit on your bottom. Listen to Daddy. You sit on your bottom, okay? Daddy's gonna come get you. Don't move. Don't dance. Sit on your bottom. Daddy's gonna come get you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't you try to stop me. Baby made a poopy, yes you did, bitch. Where are your mom goggles? They wouldn't fit over my hazmat suit. Take that. Oh, oh. You're so cute, And then the little boy rocked his mommy. Oh, I love you. Forever. I like you, too. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Oh, well, you take it and you fold it from corner to corner. No, I'm, I'm asking the question: How do moms 
do all of this? How do they handle it all? Well, maybe they have goggles we don't know about. It's as if God gave moms a special way of looking at things, you know? Okay, who taught you servanthood? Who modeled grace? Who gave you a taste of what God's love could look like? My mom, Mr. T, and my mom. Anyway, I just think God gave moms a special way of looking at things. Hey, honey. Hey, how's it going at home? It's all good. Guess you could say I'm starting to catch a glimpse of what your world looks like. Oh, really? Yeah. Mama. Hold on, your daughter wants to say something to you. She says she misses you. And she realizes how important you are in her life. And she doesn't know how you do it. And she knows that she can't make it without you. She said all that, huh? I don't know if she said it. But it's what I wanted to say. And I should have said it a lot sooner. I thank God for you. The twins. Um, it, it was nothing. We, we have to go, okay? Um, lo love you, Mommy. Okay, ladies, how many of you want your husband to go buy one right now? There you go. Ladies, would you, if you're a mom, would you stand? If you're a mom, would you stand? We just want to say thanks to you on this Mother's Day. Thank you. Bless you, ladies. Bless you. You do have a way to see things that we do not see. Let me also remind you that this is not an easy Mother's Day for some. They've lost moms this year. Uh, they had difficult moms growing up, uh, moms that have lost children this year, or uh, those who are struggling to be mamas. So uh, let's remember them on this day as well. Ladies, I just want to encourage you this morning. I, I want to encourage you to be a mom, a parent of praise. And I'm just going to fill in the crossword puzzle. You've got it in your bulletin on the outline handed to you. First of all, I'm going to challenge you to be a mom who prays. Mom who prays for her children. The Apostle Paul knew the importance of prayer and he knew the power of prayer. And he talks about it in the introduction to most of his epistles. He says to the Philippians, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. That is a great way for us as parents, a great way for you as moms to think about your children. An opportunity to pray for them every time you think of them. Every time I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Sometimes in the midst of the busyness of life, in the midst of the struggles in life, in the midst of the, everything you're doing, sometimes it's difficult to Remember to be thankful for the kiddos that God has given you. The scriptures teach us in Psalm 127, children are a gift of the Lord. So thank God for the gift that he's given you, the gift of those kids. Paul says in Colossians 1.3, we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. When he thinks of his spiritual children, he says we're always giving thanks for you. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, he says, we give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers. He says, we are always praying for you. We're always interceding for you. 
for you. We are always thanking God for you. Ladies, there are three ways you can pray for your kids. You ready? Ready to write them down? Three ways to pray for your kids. Pray for them, pray with them, and pray over them. Pray for them, pray with them, and pray over them. Pray for them. You always intercede for them. You've got that infant you're rocking, pray for them. You've got that toddler you're chasing, pray for them. We we pray for them. We pray pray for them. We pray with them. They learn how to pray through our example. And so you're praying with the sons and daughters that God has given you. You're praying for them, but you're also praying with them. You find times, moms, where you can take that son or daughter by the hand and spend time praying with them. And then finally, you pray over them. I find, especially as a grandparent, many of, how many of you are grandparents out there? Let me see your hands. It's a great opportunity to pray over those kiddos. I love to tuck our grandkids in at night, and we usually pray with them when we do that. But then after they're asleep, I love to go back into their bedroom before check on, or checking on them at the end of the day and just laying my hands on my grandsons and my granddaughter and playing blessing over their lives. It's a great opportunity to pray for them, to pray with them, and to pray over them. Be an intercessor for your kids. Who else is going to pray for them like you do? Who else is going to love them like you do? And it's a great privilege to give thanks and to intercede for them. What are you praying for in their lives? The scriptures teach us in James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, We have not because we ask not. So what do you pray for? How are you praying for them? One of I read said, said uh, we should be praying for their salvation, their safety, and their sweetness. <laughs> I like that. Pray for their salvation, for their safety, sweetness. We've often said we pray for them. We started praying when they were young for their master, their mission, and their mate. Their master, that they would bow their knee before the true master, that they would find a mission in life, whatever that is, and that eventually God would direct them through the mate. From the time Bev was pregnant, from the first day we found out, we began to lay hands on her and pray for the fruit of the womb, that God would indeed draw them to the master, he would give them a mission in life, and we'd bring a godly mate into their life. And I challenge you and pray that you will be a prayer warrior. I'd love to read Bev's Bible this time of year. Bev writes in the margin of her Bible. And she has all these verses. Next to the verses, it says, prayed for Sarah, prayed for Daniel, prayed for Sarah, prayed for Gary. And now it says, prayed for the grands, prayed for these kids. Or you pray to mama. You're interceding and thanking God for those that God has given you. Praying for those infants that you're rocking. Praying for those toddlers you're chasing. Praying for those teenagers who are testing you. Praying for those adult kids who are out of the nest. It's a great privilege to intercede and pray. And as grandparents, we have that opportunity. Somebody said the reason grandparents and grandkids get along so great, we have a common enemy, the parents. And so we as grandparents have that great, great privilege of interceding on behalf of them. Grand, I'm convinced grandkids are God's reward for not killing your own children. And so <laughs> as we look at those, we pray for them. Pray for them, intercede for them, bless them along the way. If you've got a prodigal, a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, you storm the gates of hell and fight on your knees for that soul. You storm the gates of hell. And you fight on your knees for that son or daughter. Hey, you've got a praying mama or grandmama who's here with you, or maybe the mother of your children who's a praying mama. This would be a great time for you to lean over and give them a hug and thank God for them. Go ahead, right now. You can get up if you need to. They're here. You've got a mom or a, who's here, a grandmom that's here. Man, what a privilege to have a mama who intercedes for you. You thank God for them.
So you be a mama. Oh, I forgot that. That's a uh, T-shirt somebody sent me uh, talking about grandparents. It's it. Uh, we bought that for our granddaughter. So it's great. Uh, be a mom who prays. Be a mom who reproves. The word reproves means to correct, to discipline, to correct, to discipline. Be a mama who reproves. The scriptures say in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, God disciplines those that he loves. Discipline is a sign, or when you discipline someone, you do it out of love. It's scary to be three, year old, three, year, three years old and rule the world. But I've seen a lot of three-year-olds who do rule their world. And the reality of it, that's, that's, that's a terrible place to be. But we are called, we're working through Proverbs this morning. If you haven't noticed, we're using all Proverbs before us. And in Proverbs, it talks a lot about disciplining children. It says, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mama. If you're a foolish son, you bring grief to your family. If you're a son living in the world rather than following Christ, you bring grief to your family. If you're a daughter who does that, you bring grief to your family. Scriptures say, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. You're foolish if you despise the teaching and instruction of your parent. Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. You continue to listen to them through life. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mama. A child who is not disciplined, a child who always has their own way, who gets their way, who's never said no to, is a child who eventually brings shame to his parents. Notice it says the rod there. In our day and age, you know, the rod is, instead of being used, is being set aside. And there are times, I'm not talking about abuse in any way, I'm just talking about the rod of discipline done in a loving way. I'm talking about paddling, not time out. Time out is something I had when my dad hit me and I hit the floor. I was out, gone, boom. <laughs> I told him this morning, Dad, if discipline is love, you love me an awful lot because I got disciplined a lot. My favorite verse on discipline comes here, Proverbs 30:17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother, the ravens of the field will pick it out and the young eagle will eat it. So I tell my grandboys when they're acting up, Hudson and Jackson, Grayson, Case, if you are bad and Papado's keeping you, there's a bird that's going to fly out of the sky and pluck your eye out and eat it right here. <laughs> the Bible says it. And if you don't believe it, look right here. It happens. <laughs> Those kids are scared to death of me now. They listen to everything I say. You believe that? I mean, it's a great verse. Reprove, discipline your children. You, it, there are so many parents, they just want to be friends with their kids rather than parents to their kids. You can be both. You can be friends with them. But here's the reality. You also have to discipline them. Sharon Kasanek wrote an autobiography. In that autobiography, she talked about uh, when they had four kids, her sister and her husband were killed in a tragic accident, auto accident. She said, we gladly accepted the privilege of having our nephew Stephen, age five, come into our home and into our hearts when his mom and dad died. After he'd been with us about six months, he looked at me and started calling me mom by then. He said, mom, you don't love me like you do the other kids, do you? She said, Stevie, of course I do. What do you mean? She says, well, you sp-, he said to me at age five, well, you spank them, but you never spank me. A five-year-old. So you never put the parameters of discipline around me. You see, a godly mama is a mama who prays for her kids, but she also reproves her kids. She corrects them. She doesn't let them get away with everything. She also affirms her kids. She affirms her kids. 
And if there's anything all of us as parents and grandparents should be about, it's affirmation. It's making sure that they hear words of affirmation from our mouths. Many of us, all we ever heard from moms and dads were no, no, no. We never heard words like, I love you, I care for you, you're special to me, you're special to the Lord. Words of affirmation spoken into the lives of our kids. Proverbs talks about that. In Proverbs it says anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. You've got anxiety, your heart's weighed down, isn't it? But a good word makes it glad. You know, your husband, your wife, someone comes alongside you and encourages you. It it, it frees your heart up. It puts a spring in your step. The scriptures say in Proverbs, pleasant words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. When you speak a word of blessing into the lives of your sons and daughters, you, you speak that which is healing into their life. When they hear the words from you, you are special to your heavenly father. When they hear words, I'm proud of you. There are many parents that have never told their kids they're proud of them. And you have the privilege to speak those words of affirmation into their life. Like apples of gold and settings of silver, so is a word spoken in right circumstance. Affirm, encourage, speak blessing into their lives. And some of you ladies out there saying, Gary, it's easy for you to say. I, I mean, you haven't been nursed on all day, changed diapers all day, been worn out, preparing, etc. all day. I, I know it's hard. I mean, chasing those kids around. If you're a single mom in here, God bless you. You've got the most difficult job in the world. Single moms are the most difficult. They do all this alone. And I admire you. We as a body admire you. We want to minister to you. And you're a mom of a little one. You're physically exhausted. I watch my daughter. They've got four. There was a time when they were a newborn, a three-year-old, and two five-year-olds. Three of them boys. She looked at me one day and she said, Dad, I can't wait until the day when they go down to take a nap. I don't want to take one too. I mean, just physically worn out. And ladies, you know what that's like. You know what that's like. An older, tired-looking dog wandered into my yard, writes this lady. I could tell from his collar and well-fed belly that uh, he had a home and was well taken care of. He calmly came over to me in my backyard, and I gave him a few pats on the head. Then he followed me into my house. He walked down my hallway, curled up in a corner, and fell asleep for about two hours. Finally, I opened the door, and he made his way out the front door. The same thing continued for six consecutive days. He'd come in my backyard, follow me into my house, go down the hallway, curl up in a corner, and sleep for an hour and a half to two hours. So finally, I penned a note to the dog's collar. I said, I would like to find out who the owner of this wonderful sweet dog is and ask you if you're aware that almost every afternoon your dog comes to my house for a nap. The next day he arrived for his nap with a different note pinned to his collar. It said he lives in a home with seven children. Three of them are under the age of four. He's trying to catch up on his sleep. Do you mind if I come with him tomorrow afternoon? Any of you ladies relate to that out there? Let me see your hands. There you go. Get some amens out of that. Yeah. I I mean, be one who affirms. Affirms. Speak words of blessing into their lives. I know it's hard at times. You're worn out. You're dog tired. They don't appreciate it. But those words of affirmation spoken into their lives. And let me flip that. Moms need affirmation too. Moms need Hey, it's a whole lot easier to get up and go to work than to stay home with three screaming kids. 
And our ladies need affirmation. They need to be affirmed for the job they do, the work they do, the way that they raise our kids. It's a great time to once again reach over and give a hug to that woman who's raised your kids and part of that or a mom who does that. Because there are a lot of folks in our body who wish they could have one more hour with a mom to be able to tell her how much she meant to them. Just one more hour. Mom has gone to glory. They don't have that opportunity. Be an affirming mom. Watch this gal and how she appreciated her mom. I have a lot of wonderful memories of my mom. When I was five, I remember coming around the corner and seeing her in the kitchen. I had just spent the last hour putting on all of my dress-up clothes. I mean, to me, it was just a game. But to her, it was a New York fashion moment. She kept taking picture after picture of me, and the whole time she was saying, My beautiful baby! And when I was 10, my brother and I, we would get up and we'd come downstairs, get ready for school. My mom would always get up really early and make us lunch. And when she spotted the bus, she would start saying, here comes the bus, here comes the bus, kisses to the mama, kisses to the mama. And we would dance our way all the way to the bus stop. We always had such a great time in the mornings. We just woke up smiling. When I turned 16, she gave me this locket that she got when she turned 16. And inside of it, there's a picture of her. And it says, I love you. I felt like I had just been elected the first woman president. I mean, for her to give me such a precious gift and trust me with that, I just, I couldn't believe it. When I turned 19, she died. No more pictures, no more song and dance, no more special gifts of love. But I still honor her because she's a part of me. These hands, these cheeks, I laugh. So take it from a girl who can't tell her mother what a difference she's made in her life. Take advantage while you can and thank your mothers for everything that they have done and they continue to do. And for all you moms who don't think that you're making a difference, you are. You continue to change the world with your special song and dance. And for that, I just say thanks and happy Mother's Day. Affirm them while you have the chance. Affirm them while it's available. Some of us need to send, uh, make a phone call, send a text message or an email just to speak those words of affirmation today. And moms, when you think you're not making a difference, when those days are so long and, and you don't think it really matters, it does matter. And you make a tremendous difference, that smile, that laugh. She, she and he, they, they watch those examples. Be a mom who not only prays, reproves, affirms, and but also instructs your kiddos. In Proverbs it says, Hear my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. It's assuming that mom does teach something. So that mom is teaching you things. You, you need to listen to what mom is saying. My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Ladies, it's my prayer that you're teaching spiritual truth to your children about Jesus, that you're telling them about the Savior. When you're rocking those infants to sleep and when you're laying down in bed next to those toddlers waiting for them to go to sleep. And as those, as those kids grow into teens and adults, that you remind them of Jesus and who he is. That you teach them about prayer through your example and through praying with them. That you, they, they see you in the word as a mom. I, I remember getting up and seeing my mom on her knees many, many mornings. Seeing her in the word many, many mornings. And knowing the great example that is to me and my desire to do that as a result of that. And make sure they see you, uh, that, that you you instructing them through your example. 
through being in community with other women, through mentoring younger women. Teach and model Christ to your children. Teach and model Christ to your children. What are you teaching them? What are you modeling to them? Debating if I have time for another video. We'll, we'll use it anyway. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. it, it what do you teach them? You know, I, I, am, I don't have a strong affinity for cats, as you know. Uh, we went to keep our grandkids uh, two weekends ago. They had four brand-new kittens, and then we found four more just a few days later. Eight kittens in the house. Kittens are great. I love playing with kittens, but they grow up to be cats. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know how you get away from that. But the reality of it is uh, you're either teaching your kids like a dog or like a cat, one or the other. Hey, Gary, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, watch this video, and you decide which one is better. You tell me. Don't send me nasty emails. Somebody sent me that video. Be a mom who prays, reproves, affirms. How do you instruct them? What's your example? Be a mom who serves. Uh, there's no question about you serving them. No question about that. Let's go to serves, Jim. Uh, you serve them. You serve them. If you look at uh, Proverbs 31, you serve and you're an example. Uh, how do you serve? Look at Proverbs 31. If you go all the way down to verse uh, 14. She's like a merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's still night to prepare food for a household. She, she gets up early to provide for a family. Then if you look at verse 17, she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. You see, she rises early and she stays up late to provide and serve her family. There's so many women in this body that do that. You're a model to us, an example of that. My mom was like that, and I, I appreciate so much the example she was of serving us. 
Then finally, you're an example, ladies. If you look at verse 28, her children rise up and bless her. Her husband praises her. Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she's to be praised. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, that's the woman to be praised. You know, in our day and age, we've confused what true beauty is. I mean, there's confusion. I I pray that uh, you will understand, ladies, what true beauty is. It's not external, it's internal. Kat Warrior, Kat Pashenik is one of our young ladies. She attends UMHB. She was part of our home group in our home. And uh, for the pageant this year, she wrote a poem that was really an interpretation of Psalm 31. Talks about what real beauty is. So would you welcome Kat to the stage up here with me? In the depths of my heart, I have this all-consuming desire to be poetic and beautiful. But when I look around and see what this world labels as beauty, I find that beautiful is a girl who's lost her identity. She's hiding behind makeup and a smile, pretending that life is a fairy tale all the while. I watch her give away pieces of her heart to a guy who says he'll never leave her at the start. It doesn't take a mirror for me to see that this girl looks a lot like me. Lost in a sea of lies, her character compromised. So there I am, sailing on the sea of what this calls beauty, and then I'm drowning. Caught beneath the waves of superficiality, idolatry, and sin, my sails breaking beneath their winds. God, you promise that even if I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your right hand will guide me. But I look around, and all I can do is cry vanity. When did beauty become deception? Is she really this hollow, or is this also misconception? Whatever, I say. If this is what we're calling beautiful, then I'm walking away. And then, from the distance, I hear a still, small voice that draws me near and says, Stop. Stop trying to rewrite the definitions of beauty and grace. Stop hiding behind your poetry and seek the Father's face. Why are you searching for beautiful in this world you've always known when true beauty is something that you will never find on your own? Because beautiful is the cross where the treasure of heaven suffered a great loss to cover up all of our sin. And so beautiful is when this world tries to hurt you. But the Lord says, I will protect you and refine you. When you forsake your pride and instead become the bride of Christ waiting patiently to be clothed in majesty beautifully. When the pain in your chest won't cease to swell and it hurts but by grace you can say it is well. When the word of Christ dwells within you richly, there you will find beauty. She's in the tragedy, the pain, the love, the laughter, the life, the overflow of a heart captivated by grace. Beautiful, beautiful, there you are, beautiful. Because beautiful is that charm is deceptive, and beauty is so fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is one worth keeping. My prayer for each of you ladies, my prayer is that you'll understand the beauty that Christ lived out through you. Father, we're grateful for every lady here. 
grateful for every mom, every grandmom, every lady here. And we pray that the beauty of Christ would reign in their hearts. We pray, Father, that uh, there would be great beauty from the inside out. And, Father, we pray blessing over them on this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.